0: Welcome to the Bored and Bitchy podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiancé Happily Ever After Season 7. I'm
1: Evie and I'm an LA girl who's currently living in London. Hi everyone, I'm Kat and I am a California girl who is living in Arizona. I've been struggling with my intro and I just feel like that's the best one. But y'all don't care. What you care about is 90 Day. And also be warned, we draw profanity. It's guaranteed. Evie, have at it. Oh, thank you. That was the uh, the most unseamless uh, <laughs> transition
0: you've ever given me. But yes, we will move forward to news. Was that a shit storm? Now that I've given my little intro, was that shitty? That was a shit show. But we, All you know, right. you already gave the warning on the language. So let's yeah. move forward um, with the shits. So oh, wait, what? <laughs> no, no fine. we don't have the shits. Um, no, we don't have the shits. We don't. I mean, maybe later, but not now. Um, so news. I have. Few short bits of breakup news. The bigger one being that for anyone who ever was interested in courting a very blonde, very narcissistic public speaker, fitness enthusiast, crazy eyes. He's a a 10, he's an 8, but he doesn't know how to cut a stake on the bias. Jesse. He's a (laughs) 6. Jesse and Jennifer have broken up. Jennifer confirmed it through an Instagram post. I can't remember if it was stories or let me see. Let me pull it up. But yes, it was stories. She was doing an Ask Me Anything. And she said, for those who have been asking, Jesse Meestra and I are not together. So again, Jennifer is free. Jesse is free. And I feel like this is good for Jesse. He needs that all that extra free time because Kat, I don't know if you been keeping up with jesse's antics lately but he is fully back on on his 2020 oh, no. shit and he's like like fully supporting he's on the free joe exotic campaign so oh, he no. has not let that go really uh, no i'm <laughs> i thought you were joking no no no, like TMZ oh. even reported it. He, this was like a few weeks ago. So, uh, if you remember back when twenty in 2020 when the Joe Exotic documentary Tiger King came out,
1: yes, Easter, everyone remembers.
0: I mean, yes, we were all giant fans of the documentary. We were all swept up in the Carol Baskin of it all and the Joe Exotic of it all. But most of us have moved on since then. yes I think 99.9 percent of us have. Yes. Is your husband part of the 0.5% that hasn't?
1: Because I know he was very, very into Joe Exotic. Well, it was 0.1. We're not mathematicians here. I said 99.9%. So the 0.1. I think my husband has let go because he did watch that, like, spinoff, which was The Reenactment, um, Mm. which I don't know why. I still love him. I do, for better or worse, right? Uh, Yeah, he's let go. Well, Jesse is a true fan
0: because he was really... He was really caping for Joe Exotic back in 2020, doing a lot of Instagram posts, talking about like, free Joe Exotic, he's innocent or whatever. A lot of tagging of Trump to asking for a pardon. Joe
1: Exotic did not <laughs> get that pardon from President Trump. So please, now- Wait, please tell me that Mr. Meester was also outside the prison waiting for Mr. King's uh, release. <laughs> He was
0: not. They did hire a bus that was like a not Jesse, just like the Joe Exotic. Mr. Exotic. Mm -hmm. Mr. Exotic's people hired like a bus, like a free Joe Exotic bus and parked it in front of the White House. I do remember that. But anywho, fast forward to now, Jesse has reignited his campaign online. I think he's like spoken and Joe Exotic like also spoke to TMZ about this, that him and Jesse have actively been speaking. I think it's through the phone. I don't think there's been an in-person visitation yet, but I could be wrong. But either way, they have been communicating. Joe has said that Jesse is like very committed to trying to get him out. They do. Uh, they have both said that they don't feel like Joe Biden is really the president that's going to give him a pardon. <laughs> probably, uh, yeah, probably a good, good uh, assumption. So instead, Jesse's really working on creating awareness, raising money to give a Joe better legal support. So maybe
1: that's what he will be using his now single time for. I wonder if they're writing to our president, Joe Biden, like, this is the legacy you want to leave behind. You're the one who uh, pardoned Mr. Exotic. (laughs) I mean, what
0: else could be more <laughs> monumental in the history books than like I you know. were the president?
1: <laughs> I'm still waiting for my uh, student loan relief. That would be monumental to me, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> he announced it. I don't know how it's going to all happen, but he announced it. Um, that's what I'm saying. I just want to qualify. All right. Um, any other news not related to uh, Meester or exotic?
0: This is not Meester or Exotic, but there's another breakup, a less monumental one, you know, a couple that we are not as close to. But Ella and Johnny from the last season of, was it The Other Way? The Other Way. Ella and Johnny have officially broken up. Ella posted about it on her Instagram as well as a little life update. And Johnny commented and said, congrats on your weight loss. You deserve better man good luck and best wish uh blah 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 so they seem to be on good terms and i guess johnny is very committed to his like anti-covid status was he in china i don't think he was like allowed to travel either way so um
1: ella and johnny i (laughs) i was like literally doing a google search to figure out who they were i guess their segment was not relevant the cutest or the best part of their segment was um johnny's little boy
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's, like, not as monumental a couple. But if you remember, there was, they could not see each other because Mm -hmm. Johnny was, you know, was COVID pretty much, like, preventing Mm -hmm. his travel plans. Yeah, he's from China. And Ella Mm -hmm. was getting frustrated. But as we know, China is, like, not playing around with the fucking lockdown. So Mm -mm. I don't think he's, like, allowed to leave without a massive quarantine. Either way, I guess Ella was, like, I don't got time for this. So She had backup plans. Yeah, multiple backup plans. She did. Those
1: are the night. That's the 1990s news for now. Okay. Well, a couple who hasn't broken up and is surprisingly going strong? Question mark. um, Usman and Kimbali, and she is on her way to Nigeria. And my first thought was, I kind of feel bad for Jamal. Like, he's the one taking her to the airport. Um, we learned it was like a visit because I guess Jamal doesn't live in San Diego anymore. Um, and he mentioned that a lot of the trip was focused on Usman talk. We kind of feel bad for Jamal. We feel bad for Jamal.
0: Yeah, we do. I think we do. Yeah, we all feel bad for Jamal. Yes, he's living in New York now. The first two episodes were focused on his visit. Now it was like the official him taking her to the airport um, and being subjected to listening to Soulja Boy's music while Kimberly danced and, uh, you know, <laughs> letting him listen to the music and him being like, actually, it's not bad music. Like that scene was fine. She didn't need to take it a step further to be like, can you believe that this is my boyfriend? Like, I <laughs> can not believe I'm dating this Soulja Boy. I'm like, <laughs> okay. All we needed her to like delve into was like, can you believe I'm getting that? yam? Yeah. like, OK, Ew. he doesn't need it, Kim. We we get it. You're a fan. You're excited. But I'm glad that Jamal was able to appreciate some of Soulja Boy's music.
1: I know he was like reluctantly, I have to admit, at least he's got music and it's good music, right? He's not just out yeah. here claiming to be a singer. But yeah, Jamal was really trying to keep his face relaxed while his mom was doing the most. My second thought was, you know, we get the shot of their airplane taking off, and I'm like, is that a Southwest plane? That is not going to get her to Nigeria. <laughs> that's stock footage because that's, the, or
0: it might have been a, a connecting plane. flight. Uh, yeah, I was huh. going to say, you know, our 90 day people have never heard of a direct <laughs> flight. They love a 38 hour journey that takes yes. multiple layovers.
1: And, like, what's his name? Oh my God. The one who was dating the girl in the Philippines, he had the brother. He had like five Tariq, layovers. Tariq Tariq. Tariq, Tariq, we keep mispronouncing his name. He had like five layovers. And who knows, maybe Nigeria is Southwest Airlines' new promotional route. How highly unlikely, but yes. Hey, she, they go to Mexico now. <laughs> uh,
0: Kimberly, Queen Kimba, did make it over to Nigeria. We got some nice footage of Soldier Boy preparing himself. It seems like, I don't know if he paid for a hotel room or Kimberly got it, but either way. He's in a hotel room. He's getting nice and fresh for his lady. And he is showing up to the airport with gifts. I mean, it might not be a PS5 or a laptop, but he showed up with some
1: stuffed animals. Girl, I was like, two stuffies do not equal thousands of dollars of brand new technology. But, you know, I think Kim is just excited to see him. She's like, I'll take any gifts. And the best gift of all was that he kissed her in public. I know she got so excited about that peck. And I was like, Kim,
0: that that was like the saddest little peck ever. Like it lasted a second. But she take your wins where you can get them, I guess.
1: Yes. And another win was honestly, I feel like I just saw a whole different side of Usman. He was not in public. But once they got to the room, he was just like very affectionate and seemed like he was very physically interested in her. That is not the Usman we saw when they first met.
0: No, and either their connection and chemistry has really grown. I'm not going to say that that's not possible. Kimberly did mention she has visited him one time before this, after the last time we saw him in the season. So who knows, that like sexual chemistry and bond could have developed. Or Kimba was like, listen, if you are trying to get this visa and get this second wife and get this PS5 and laptop and new iPhone or whatever... I'm going to need more than just the occasional yam thrown at me. Like I need some real affection (laughs) because now Soldier Boy is talking about the yam, the power bike, the, uh, what did he
1: say? The, the special ingredient, the, I don't know know what he called it. I I like somewhat tuned out because this man has so many nicknames for himself because he also went from King Africa to African ambassador. Like he's an ambassador (laughs) for all of Africa, Um, And now he's got all kinds of names for his fertilizing yam. Oh, Um, that was one of them, the fertilizer. The fertilizer. Yeah. Well, he ain't going to fertilize Kim. He's going to fertilize the second wife, who Kim is trying to treat like some crazy-ass mistress.
0: Not even a mistress, because the mistress gets regular time with the man. Uh, Kimba wants to have this woman in a faraway land in Africa. She doesn't even want her to be in Osman's actual hometown. In Nigeria, right. (laughs) she needs to be in another part of africa away from his family and his connections or where he can like see her and i'm like kimberly the man is not trying to have a child to then just ship the child away and never interact with them what would the point of that be
1: i mean she is just so fucking ridiculous she we started with this not this season but when we first met her we started with the whole like yes he wants a second wife i'm open to it that was all just fucking pillow talk on her end to win him over but like this is going to be the mother of his child. This is like not a surrogate. This is his second wife. They're going to build a relationship. And for you to talk about, we can't even be in the same city as her. It's like, Uzman was like, are you for real? Like you guys aren't enemies. This is crazy. Not only that,
0: Usman said, are you for real? You're going to be sharing the yam. So why are you putting up all these restrictions? And that really pissed Kimberly off. But I'm like, that's real. True. Like, you're sharing a husband knowingly, so she's talking about I'm the first wife, so I have say in all these things. Like, yeah, you have a say, but then it can't be completely don't unreasonable. Have final say.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, girl, how do you expect him to father a child if it's without the use of his yam. Like, I don't, did you take biology? I don't know what's happening here. And she had the nerve to say that Usman isn't taking the second wife thing seriously when it really, it's the other way around.
0: He seems pretty serious, girl. <laughs> <laughs> when she said, you know, you're not thinking of moving your second wife and your child over to America when you get a visa, he was like, what, why wouldn't I? <laughs> like, he's looking at her like, "Why?" We are 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 going to be
1: in this together. You were a family. That's the culture. You take a second wife. You're a family. You are sister wives. I hate to break it to you, Kim. Um, Not related to the second wife, but question for you. Did that hotel look familiar to you? No. Are you thinking it's an Angela Michael moment? I I swear to God it's the same hotel because the outside looked like that little parking lot area looked like the place where Angela threw the cake in Michael's face, <laughs> and the lamps attached to the walls look exactly like the ones where Angela hung her weaves. I know Kimberly
0: should have done a quick check. You know how like some germaphobes <laughs> when they go into hotel rooms, she should have really looked around and be like, "What is this long blonde hair? We not these handcuffs, <laughs> American flag underwear in the drawer." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well from american underwear left behind in a nigerian hotel to a heartbroken man in india who was just i don't know what the word is like disowned i guess is the right way to put it disowned by his family um poor yeah, Sam is literally
0: disowned i love it yeah moment. i guess he I was, know how
1: he was how, i don't know what
0: to describe what <laughs> just happened it's like I'll cue the footage of his mom being like, I won't even spit on you. <laughs> You're on fire. You have
1: to you. Listen, I, I will fully admit I don't live in Indian culture. I can understand it from an outside perspective. So I don't fully understand it from the inside perspective. But as an outsider, she's fucking ridiculous. But whatever. Again, I, I don't understand sh- it.
0: Can I just share a quick sidebar? I yes. saw a really insightful post. On Reddit from like um, someone from India giving an Indian background. And one thing that I thought was really good to highlight for people to keep in mind is that when apparently when you leave a marriage that you're in, the way he abandoned his original wife and Mm -hmm. then she had to like, you know, apply for divorce or whatever, courts and judges and the general public really look down on the person who abandons this marriage. So obviously Mm -hmm. that would be submit because he was being deceitful online and whatnot. And so they give like a huge penalty kind of like the alimony or whatever the payout that you have to give to because now this woman has been like abandoned and mm-hmm. she's been left, she's in limbo whatever so um they were they were talking about how like there these are huge sums of money that are awarded to the person usually at much outside the amount that a, a normal person makes in their income so that mm-hmm. means that the per, like someone like Sumit his parents probably had to give up whatever they've saved for retirement, whatever money they've probably taken out loans or whatever to cover the cost to pay for this, like him leaving his wife in the way he did. Well, sorry, not to interrupt you, but resentment
1: there. Understandably. And I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to remind us and our audience that we did see some of that because we heard from Submit's dad talking about, I took loans from friends to pay this family off. Like I like I said, I don't live in it, so I can only judge from a superficial level. But what I do know is like I'm a mom and I just can't imagine disowning my son because of who they choose to love. But again, I'm not Indian. I'm sure Sana has her very her reasons for being extremely dramatic in the way that she was and. Um, what was ridiculous on top of that was Jenny still being like, you know, you chose your family over me. And it's like, girl, he married you despite their disapproval. It's because he married you and chose you that he's now in the situation. Yeah. It's so odd that that she's not
0: making that connection.
1: Like I'm like, he didn't choose you. He
0: just for about three minutes chose to follow his parents out to try to cobble some kind of a relationship together, hold on to something. But like, Like, literally holding
1: on to his mom before she walked out the door.
0: Yeah, it's so odd. And I'm glad that they were able to go and have an honest conversation about it. And I'm glad that Sumit put, like, his feelings on the table of, like, you're my wife. I was expecting you to be supportive or whatever. Jenny apologized, but then she also kind of, you know, still was like, well, but you left me. And how am I supposed to feel? So I'm like, girl, I mean... I get it, but I don't get it. But whatever. They moved past it. So I guess we can move past it.
1: Well, but they only moved past it because Samit had to actually apologize, like use the words, I'm sorry for leaving you alone, which was fucking stupid. Then she was like, oh, okay, all right. I forgive you. And it's like the amount of I don't even know, like the amount of grit that it would take for me to be like, I am sorry that I chose to run out and hug my mom while she was trying to disown me, which left you alone for all of two minutes. It would take a lot. Yeah, she's acting
0: like Sumit, like threatened her to leave her on the side of the road, like below <laughs> oh, to Shida, no. and then oh, actually no. did it and like drove off with his parents. It's like, girl, he is ten feet or thirty feet away from you. He's that-
1: gonna come back to you. You're fine. <laughs> Well, let's talk about Bilal and Shida because I personally didn't get a whole lot from their segment. um, So we can wrap it up. My one takeaway was like hearing Bilal try to like, quote unquote, guide Shida towards an enlightened reflection on the situation with the ex-wife was gross to me. I just. It's so
0: beyond me. What the fuck Shida is still doing in that house? (laughs) in that relationship, anywhere near Bilal, like, girl, I mean, like I said, we talked about it last week. I could understand if Bilal was like, your comments before we met my ex-wife were disappointing because you were basically saying that if, the, if my wife, ex-wife pissed you off, then like, fuck her, you wash your hands mm-hmm. with it. When at the end of the day, my ex-wife is connected to my kids. I'm always going to be part of my kids' lives. So I would hope that you would try to like mend you know that relationship as much as you could both of you you know and but then and I, again and I made he wasn't there for the conversation so he doesn't know that Shida was exaggerating when she was like you were ranting and raving and the anger whatever <laughs> so based So on roll the it,
1: footage lucky for you you have camera crews
0: all the time yeah so I mean the two things he could be disappointed on is like the pre-argument conversation when they were driving there where Shida did seem kind of like well, Whatever, if I don't fix it, then whatever. And when Shida was like, you know what, I'm going to walk away. He could have maybe been like, okay, I was disappointed that you were going to give up on it. But yeah. to have no acknowledgement to Shida to be like, but after saying all that, my ex wife was totally out of line. There's, right. She should not be yelling at you. She should not be standing up talking about Southside Diego. Wait, what's... <laughs>
1: Southeast Diego, which by the way, I have worked in. <laughs> I worked in that community at one point.
0: And is that what you do when your kids
1: piss you off? You're like, listen, <laughs> South, you don't want to see Southeast Diego come up in this I'm face. not from there. It was the kindergartners talking about, oh, Southeast Diego. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes. she went real hardcore. I mean, at San Diego, even like in the impoverished areas, it's still beach vibes. <laughs> like, Where's the aggression coming from?
0: It's so crazy because that's what I'm saying. Like, you can do all of that and have the conversation with to Be like, listen, I'm sorry I got all quiet last night. It just hurts me that we can't all be united, you know, because mm-hmm. I want this for my kids. But I know, like, I appreciate you came to the table and try to talk. I'm going to talk to her because the way she came at you was completely disrespectful. I understand if you don't want to have this kumbaya, let's both be sorry, sisterhood relationship. But I appreciate you trying and hopefully you can at least just tolerate each other for the sake of the kids. But to that, but to instead ignore Shida, like just mm-hmm. not speak to her at all. And then when she finally is like, we need to talk to about this, put all the blame on her because she mm-hmm. wasn't a respectable Muslim woman who should have just like not been let her emotions take over. Like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: I know. It was gross. It was gross. Where's where's the promise? Like you said, to reconnect with Shahida, the ex-wife afterward, even if not to act, to promise, like to actually do something because everyone's involved here. Like he should have called Shahida out for going to his house without his knowledge, without his consent to have this conversation that she had absolutely no place in. Yeah, exactly. And then or even even if
0: he had knowledge, he was going to go in and talk to him, be like, Listen, I wasn't there, but whatever was said clearly upset Shida. And at the end of the day, the conversation about prenup is between me and her. So let's move forward. Like, can you apologize for, I don't know, the tone? You might not have meant to sound ranting and raving. You might not. She's like, oh, no, I meant it. (laughs) (laughs) You might not have been ranting and raving, but for whatever thing, it pissed Shida off. It wasn't your place. Can you apologize? Shida will apologize for saying that you were ranting and raving and let's move forward. And if we can't find like, let's just bury this. And but he said nothing of purpose. And then to put all the blame on Shida, it just like really Mm -hmm. hurt my heart. Like, it just it was like disappointed dad, you know, like, once again, like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. I'm not going to (sighs) speak to you. I, I, I just have no words because I'm so disappointed in your actions. And it's like, Are you serious? Like, this is how you Mm -hmm. treat your wife? Like, you're not going to back her up. You're not. She's hurting, too. Like, she just got told off by the mother of your children. Where's the empathy for that to be like, how are you Mm -hmm. feeling? Listen, I sound like like Jenny. You left me here (laughs) (laughs) and said
1: nothing like, oh, my God. Which was then capped off with, like, a pitiful hug, right? She's like, are we good? And leaned in to hug him. He's already laying down. All he has to do was like, squeeze down with his forearm. Instead, he gave the little pity pat with his fingers on the top of her, like, shoulder blade. That was it. So annoying. Like, this is what
0: I'm talking about. Like, that is infuriating. And I would have gone Southeast Diego if he did that to me. Like, I'm trying. I literally took the blame for something I was not the person to blame for. And now you can't even you're going to give me this sad ass hug to like once again reiterate to me that how disappointed Daddy Bilal is like, please fuck off.
1: Well, someone else that was coming at us in, a, well, not at us, but at their significant other in a bit of a condescending, annoying way was Ed, um, teacher Ed, trying to teach Liz photography during this nighttime photo shoot of her friend. It was supposed to double as a training session for Liz, but it was anything but that. Well, what was so funny is that he started the training session by
0: being like, All right, so like when you're setting up a camera, you gotta look at like the F stop and you gotta look at light speed and but we're not gonna go into any of that because that's <laughs> not you know, am I teaching photography? No. What we're gonna instead focus on is just like how you talk to models, you know, the general feeling, the mood, everything you set. And it's just like, Ed, really, I feel like the other part is what like you should be focused yes. on teaching we don't need you to be like oh yeah oh you're very attractive oh yeah that looks great turn around do that i feel like most of us can probably figure that part out
1: it was really awkward how flirtatious he was being in complimenting liz's friend um yeah and to your point of like let's not teach any of that there was one moment where like he kind of tried to teach but it was just fucking condescending and it was like well i was using a 380 but now i'm gonna move down to a 360 or whatever he said he's like these are just numbers to you but i'm trying to adjust my light (laughs) Okay. Thanks.
0: Super helpful, Ed. Now, (laughs) do you switch over to Ed's side when Liz did the low blow of telling someone with no neck the picture he took, make someone look like they have no neck? Because he was very insulted by that. And I I understand. (laughs)
1: I did not register the connection (laughs) between the lack of neck in the photo with the lack of neck on the photographer. It wasn't until Ed said it later that he was sensitive about it, which I guess makes it makes it made more sense. But in the moment, I was like, dude, she's just trying to give a perspective because she's trying to include herself. And you're over here, a little man, big ego talking about, you're not here to critique my work. I guess I have a little more sympathy remembering that he's Ed and shoulders. <laughs> what well, was going to say at the beginning
0: of the the whole situation when she said, she looks like she doesn't have a neck. I was like, true, she actually does look like she has no neck. Like uh, that is a good observation. But then I understood what Ed was like. Well, you are critic. What's wrong with not having a neck? <laughs> this is a perfectly fine <laughs> picture. She looks amazing. Um, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's probably a very sore spot for Ed. Maybe mentioning a no neck is not the way you go about it. Yeah. I don't know, Cat. I am not compelled by this couple in any way. Oh. Like. I, I feel like, I don't know if it's because I followed less of their story. Um, I wasn't really watching fully The Single Life. So maybe that's why I don't have a real connection to Liz. I that's think the nice other thing
1: is because they're not compelling,
0: period. Well, I think the other thing is also they're not compelling because they're not a 90-day couple. She mm. is American. He is American. That mm. is not what we watch the show for. We watch the show for... All of the situations that come up when someone is literally leaving their whole life, family, job, everything they know mm. behind, coming to a new country, learning a new culture. Like, those are the things that we watch the show for. I don't want to see two boring American
1: people fight. Like, well, we're surrounded by that. The premise is happily ever after, question mark, right? So because we caught on with 90 Days being the core franchise that introduces new couples, we just then assume that it's happily ever after those 90 days or before those 90 days or the other way, right? This couple came to be through Ed's time on the single life, which is not the core show. And it's just whatever, however they came to be, I think it just boils down to they're not a compelling couple at all. No,
0: they aren't. So this again, like this whole fighting of like, Ed and previously had jealousy, but now Liz is also kind of jealous of the way he acts around other women and I don't care. Yeah. I don't like la- I don't care about them as a couple and I just don't care. But hopefully they give us something more to talk about because other than I don't know. this no neck situation, <laughs> that was pretty much the highlight for them this episode.
1: Try not to laugh again because I don't want to go to hell. Um but yeah, I almost forgot to take notes. Um so, I'm glad that we caught that little one bit that was hilarious. Let's move this over to uh, our classic 90 day. Like, when you think iconic 90 day, you're thinking Mima, Angela Deem, and Michael. And so, Mima's out here living a whole new life, right? She had this weight loss surgery a while back, including other surgeries. So, she had what else remind me? She did breast reduction, and I think she got rid of the extra skin in her neck.
0: Yeah, and she also got Botox. She started getting Botox. Mm, Botox. Forehead.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my husband swears that she has veneers. He said that her teeth look new. Oh, I think she did get her teeth done, actually. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's out here, like, trying to live this healthy lifestyle to a degree because she's doing yoga. It's her first time. But, you know, she will not be parted with her Coca-Cola or her Pepsi. They took away the label. I was going to say, I was like is she living a healthy lifestyle?
0: Cause, you know, in one sense, she's trying yoga, which is great. But yes, I was like, did you spot that can of Coke <laughs> on the side where she's like, you got to stay refreshed while you're doing the downward dog.
1: Well, everyone spotted it because the instructor called it out. She's like, in yoga, we drink water. (laughs) And she was like, this is my water. Um, But also, like, she was being so vocal. And in yoga, the whole point is to, like, breathe and reflect inward. And, you know, the other people who were there, which I'm sure was all staged. But if it wasn't, they're like, remind me to not sign up for this day and time slot again. (laughs) Will you be coming back? Will this be your regular class? All right. Good to know. (laughs) Yeah. Survey says no. So while Mima's over here doing yoga, um, she's claiming that Michael is doing shady shit, that he's on IG and blocked her and basically is saying that he will take down his IG if she gives her $5,000. And I don't know about you, but this doesn't feel like the Michael that we've come to know. Though so she did
0: share like a screenshot of him just basically being like, give me money. <laughs> you need to send me money. Angela reinstates in this episode what she's like told us for many seasons that she doesn't like Michael to work for (laughs) I think in the past like some of the reasons have been like he doesn't she doesn't want him to be around other women or she wants him to be available 24 7 whenever she calls I think in this episode she said something about like things are like dangerous in Nigeria and she wants I don't know either way she doesn't want him to work so she's been supporting him. But if you don't want him to work, then I'm also not surprised that then Michael is trying to get money off of you if he cannot work for himself. So I don't doubt that Michael has some vested financial interests and is asking Mima for money. But that does not count all the hypocritical, shady shit that Angela Dean does every season, including
1: every this one. Every season season oh you mean um facetiming having a flirtatious online relationship with a man slash artist slash former exotic dancer yes that exactly because this woman is talking about i'm mad at michael because
0: i forbade him from being on instagram because i don't want him to be on ig because he'll flirt with people meanwhile she's on well not ig she's on tiktok flirting with people and video calling and it's like Really, Angela. But of course, she blames this back to
1: Michael. It's Michael's fault because he's neglected her. It's always because he's not making her feel sexy. And you know what? Above all else, I don't think that the true victim here is Michael. I don't think it's Angela. I think it's Lou, her lawyer, who is subjected to way more information than he needs to know.
0: I love that Lou probably gets paid a decent amount of money because he is a lawyer. So, you know, he's making at least like 40 or $50 an hour. And even then he's (laughs) minimum. And even then he's like, I know I'm charging you by the hour, but this is not a therapist session. (laughs) Please let's stick to the legal situations. Cause me mom is over here being like Lou. Ever since I got my titties made smaller, my foot (laughs) just, does not talk about them he used to want to facetime and do sexy chat and you know phone sex with me and he's like oh my god (laughs) do we want to pull this visa or not what is happening
1: i know like listen angela all i need to know is are we pulling the visa or not and i will give you the implications of pulling it and that's it that's my job but this poor man is going to have a fucking aneurysm from trying to control his true facial expressions. Because he he was really good. It was a blank canvas. And he was mostly quiet and nodding. And he probably thought, this is a good tactic. I'll be quiet. I won't invite any more information. But Angela took his silence and nodding as an opportunity for her to keep going on.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you could be telling Angela to shut up and she would still talk. So just being there listening actively or pretending to be listening or being quiet, That is, you've just opened the door. What do you think of Mima's new friend? She feels like she's like, oh my, like he's like been helping her, I guess, with like advice. Like she finds him to be really inspirational on TikTok because I guess he like has dance videos. He might be doing inspirational conversations and he has that exotic dancer past. So he does have rhythm and
1: I guess charm. Which, (sighs) I want to say I don't doubt, except that we got a clip of his dancing videos and I've seen better. <laughs> so I don't think that he was classically trained in the exotic fine arts. Um, I think that at the core of it, there is an attraction. There is a desire from Angela for this man to fill a role that would be filled by a husband in her ideal sense. And she knows what she's doing. Inspirational art inspirational or not there is an element of emotional cheating there
0: yeah I would say this is just straight up cheating she was like (laughs) full-on flirting like what are you talking about talking about I'm gonna go to Canada (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) this is full-on cheating it's so fucked up and so hypocritical and I don't even believe Angela has ever wanted Michael to come to be honest I think she likes this whole having someone that she can call all the time is on her back. Why would it have taken this long? Everyone else has gotten their visa so much faster. We haven't been told that Michael has like convictions or some kind of outstanding legal situation that would stop him. So, why? Why has it taken so long, honestly? Isn't
1: there a ban on people coming from Nigeria?
0: Yeah, but we've still seen other people coming from Africa. I don't think it's been a ban the entire time.
1: Mm, so you're saying that Lou is a liar and that the paperwork never fully went through? No, I'm saying Angela
0: has didn't
1: submit the paperwork or get Lou to do it until very like recently. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So Angela likes the idea of having the husband without actually having the husband physically present because what? It's going to fuck up her independent woman vibes no i just think she likes
0: the control i think she's kind of holding this over michael and being like well i can pull the visa or i'm not gonna apply for the visa or you know i don't have money for the visa like it's all been kind of like holding it over michael's head for him to like act right and do exactly what she wants him to do while she does exactly what she wants to do
1: okay that's totally fair all right Um, And now let me pick your brain. What are your thoughts on this whole Jovi's mom isn't stepping up to the plate situation? I mean, I think I said it last week where I get where Yara's
0: coming from, that if in her culture or even just in her family, her mom would be there every day taking care of the baby. And that's the kind of support that she just assumed all grandparents give. So Mm -hmm. when Gwen wasn't around, as frequently it kind of bummed her out and she went and vented to jovi i get that part but i'm also get i also completely understand what Ms. gwen is saying where she lives three hours away and she didn't sign up to be a nanny she's a grandma (laughs) you know like yeah i mean yara like at the other perspective is like i understand how hard why don't i'm not a mom yet but i can i'm not saying that like being a stay-at-home mom is easy God, no. I know that you need support. I know that you need your own time. You need you. That is very difficult. But at the same time, Ms. Gwen might be like, well, Yara doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. why would I be there every day taking care of the kid when she's not working? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. why would I spend three hours to do that every single day? Like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. I'm going to visit. But I'm not a nanny unless you like went and got a job or you went on a trip or something. Then why would I need to like be fully present in that same capacity?
1: Okay, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I posed it because some people online were like, that's cold, like. How are you going to say, I'm a grandma, I'm not a nanny, and so you come and go as you please? But it is different cultural perspectives. And you bring up the good point of, like, Yara's not working. I do, to a degree, understand, like, you know, Yara is home alone with the kid. But then to Gwen's defense, why didn't Yara pick up the phone and be like, listen, I'm I'm really struggling. You know, it's been three weeks since he's been gone, however long. Like, I, I need a break. Could you come over and just hang out with us? And also,
0: I think if we believe everything we saw on the show on the first season Yara just picked a random apartment for them to live in in an area that she thought was nice and really kind of like far out from New Orleans to keep Jovi away from strip (laughs) clubs yeah but she if she really wanted that level of support from Gwen she would have like consulted with Gwen and Jovi to be like I don't want to live right in the central New Orleans what Mm -hmm. is a place that is closer to your family so that it's not a three-hour drive so that it is like 20 minutes 30 minutes something feasible mm-hmm. but I bet if they were closer Gwen would be showing a lot a lot more frequently to just pop in and be like hey girl checking up on you what do you need when when it's
1: three hours that does take a lot more planning oh yeah absolutely um I 100% agree like there was probably no thought process it's three hours that is a long ass fucking trip but whatever they've made up they're on this little um river boat cruise And moving forward, different day, maybe same day later that day, Yara gets her green card. Yeah,
0: which is very exciting. She calls her mom, they have like a very emotional moment. But it is bittersweet because Yara has not seen her mom in three years. Her mom has not met Myla. And so Yara now can travel and is really excited to go visit her mom. But what is going on in the background is all this mm. political uncertainty with is Russia going to invade Ukraine? Is it safe for her to go? The U.S. government mm-hmm. is saying people shouldn't travel to Ukraine. And sadly, as we all know, because this was, yep. taped, you know, previously, she's not going to be able to go and it isn't safe for her to travel. And that's just really heartbreaking.
1: It was really heartbreaking. Um, It was like, girl, like we're sitting here. I feel like we're looking into the future. Right. I mean, truth is it was filmed in the past, but it was like, oh, man. And it's been three years since she saw her mom. And the heartbreak wasn't that alone. The heartbreak was also hearing that, like, she didn't get a whole lot of her mom growing up because her mom was a single mom living in an under-resourced country that was part of the Soviet Union. And since mom was providing for three kids, she didn't always have enough money or enough food for herself. So she was very skinny as a result. Yeah. And again,
0: like I can totally believe that because I can imagine even just being a single mom in a country where there's plenty of stuff and resources, whatever, let alone in a country that's like, you know, economically or politically strife happening. But Mm -hmm. yeah, just sad. I mean, Yara's mom did kind of not kind of Yara's mom confirmed what Yara taught us in terms of her grandparenting style because yep. Yara's <laughs> mom on the phone was like oh well you know if I was there or if you were here I would be babysitting every day
1: Yup. when Yara said you can be our free nanny she's like I'd love to be your free nanny <laughs> I want to meet <laughs> Milo so bad um and also to keep on the fun train because I don't want us to end on the sad train my first thought after the green card came and was like, don't tell Yara's new friends because they'll be like, great, you can stand on your own now. Um, This is a great opportunity to try to get you single and away from that man who is clearly not a 10 in our eyes. Yeah, or they would be like, girl, you could travel now,
0: girls trip, Mexico, like, where can we go? Whenever she pushes back, they'll be like, he doesn't even know your favorite color. Come on, let's go. <laughs> You're going to let that ugly man tell
1: you, <laughs> oh, this beautiful creature, what to do? <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, who gets your appreciation ring for this week? My
0: appreciation ring is going to go to the king of the king of Africa himself, but also the king of nicknames. Though, interestingly enough, he doesn't seem to be able to come up with a lot of nicknames for Kimberly. It's only Queen Kimba. (laughs) And he said, no, you were potential girlfriend at one point. (laughs) And
1: now you've graduated. But it's so fucking embarrassing. But he didn't even come up with a name after that. She was like, yeah, potential fiance. And he was quiet. And she goes, right. <laughs> and he was still
0: quiet. He said, Let me play my new song for you. But yes, the king of nicknames when it comes to everything about himself, whether it's describing himself, describing his anatomy. Like he just has a million ways to a million adjectives. So for that, I'm going to give my appreciation ring to the fertilizer himself, uh, Usman Soldier
1: Boy. King of Africa and ambassador of Africa. I love it. Um, My appreciation ring is going to go to two people. Um, One is the person you just mentioned and all their nicknames, their future second wife, because that woman (laughs) seems like she's in for a battle. Um, And my second appreciation ring is going to go to Liz's model friend who had to endure that awkwardness during a time where she was just trying to get some professional shots done for her career. She didn't seem that bothered, though. If you notice, I would have been a
0: little true. more like, hey, girl, are you okay? Let me talk to you, whatever. She was just like, Ed, this is actually a really great shot. Can you get one of me from behind? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Liz. Bye. Get home safe, girl. Anyways, Ed, what That's about true. the lighting here? Does my ass look good from this? Like,
1: <laughs> that is true. That is a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> she did as, you know, the camera was following Liz and almost like, was like the camera begging, like, is anyone going to follow her out and make sure she's okay? She's like,
0: Liz, girl, you my friend, you know that building a portfolio is not cheap, so I got to get these free shots wherever I can.
1: Liz does have an eclectic group of friends, because that one was like, are you okay? Okay, bye. And the other one was like, look me in my eye, like man to man, (laughs) and tell me you're going to take care of her. (laughs) And it's like, I bought her a new car, and he's like, okay, well, I'm sold. Also, I agree with Liz. Ed should never be saying I got to go potty. Anyway. (laughs) Thank you all for tuning in another week. Be sure to give us five stars on the podcast app and a glowing review. And follow me
0: on Instagram at board and bitchy. That's board letter and bitchy. And as Angela would say, "Mama say." Mama <laughs> like say.
1: Michael said. Jackson. I heard <laughs> "Namaste," but now I got Michael Jackson's song in my head. "Mama say, mama say, makusa."
0: <laughs> the, the subtitles of her saying it said "Mama say," so. <laughs> Okay. All right, Angela.
1: Bye, y'all. Bye.
0: Bored and bitchy. 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 Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bored and bitchy.